Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the game podcast from The Times. I'm Natalie Sawyer. And I'm Gregor Robertson. We're here with you twice a week throughout the season for all the best reaction and analysis from some of the best football writers in the business. Joining us today from The Times, uh, James Gearbrand and The Times' chief football writer, Henry Winter. Coming up, we're going to take a look at Unai Emery's reign at Arsenal and ask whether things really have improved. Also, we're dipping into the EFL, but first, we're looking back on a strong week for English sides in Europe. Mishi Bashawai came off the bench to score a late winner at Ajax as Chelsea stunned last year's Champions League semi-finalists. Let's hear from the Chelsea boss, Frank Lampard, after the game. It feels huge, which always scares me because there's a lot to do and it's just six points halfway through a group now and we played Burnley on Saturday. But I think we were entitled to be excited tonight about how we played and it's a bit of a blueprint for us. You know, In terms of, I say, we, the work of the midfield players was outstanding. The work of the wingers is outstanding. The work of the fullbacks getting out to people, top, top players and stopping them making passes and easy decisions was absolutely outstanding. I could go through them all. Kurt Zuma, wow, what a performance. Um, so that's that's a blueprint. No excuses for them now to dip from that. So that was Frank Lampard there after Chelsea's 1-0 win in Amsterdam. He suggested his young stars have come of age following that game on Wednesday night. But Henry, do you think Frank himself has come of age? Oh, I think Frank has almost been born as a sort of as a 40-year-old as an intelligent fully formed individual from you know the age when I can remember interviewing him at West Ham there was always something about Frank obviously comes from slightly comes from a strong footballing background perfectly educated very intelligent individual always thought about his career never got caught up with headlines was never too down when the headlines were down and then was never overly up um, you know when things were going well so he always kept things in 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 perspective I mean, it's interesting hearing him talking about the sort of this young team coming of age and all that. I mean, you know, we have to put it into slight perspective. Probably the best player on the pitch last night, and I was there in Amsterdam, was mm-hmm. Cesar Espelicueta, who's played 350 games for the club. Captain, he embodied that spirit. Undoubtedly, he's been rejuvenated by Lampard coming in. Marcus Alonso, whose career looked like he was drifting, I think he's 28, 29. He's, he, he's been terrific under Lampard. And then uh, Jorginho and Kovacic in the middle as well. You know, they're not exactly spring chickens, but they're really responding to, to Lampard as well. So I think what he's done, he's got the balance right between the injection of the enthusiasm of the zest of Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham and Kurt Zuma and Tamori at the back and then bringing Rhys James on 
Um, but also with that, sort of, you know, he's got some pretty experienced individuals there, plus also World Cup winners like Olivier Giroud on the bench. So he's got the balance right, definitely. He's got the balance right. What about the performance then in, in general, James, against an Ajax side who had been undefeated since they lost in the last four to Tottenham in the Champions League? Yeah, I thought this was a really impressive performance, probably the most impressive performance under Lampard so far. Um, I thought Chelsea played with real, actually real maturity. It was a really mature performance with a lot of kind of real sort of European kind of ring craft, I guess. Um, And, you know, obviously in the first half they played, you know, Ajax probably kind of had more of the balance of play, but I thought Chelsea contained them really well. And and the kind of clearer chances were Chelsea's. They, They created a you know, a few good chances by winning the ball back high up in the, in Ajax's half. I thought Jorginho, Henry, Henry touched on, but I thought Jorginho had, for me, possibly his best performance as a, as a Chelsea player. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, is, is Jorginho, when he plays in that in that deep-lying midfield role, is he too easy to play through? Of course, he will never, he'll never be N'Golo Conte. But in Conte's absence, he actually came up with a couple of quite crucial interceptions last night. And for me, it was one of it. I thought he was excellent. It was one of his, I think, possibly his best performance as a Chelsea player. Uh, Henry, what about uh, Christian Pulisic, who who came on and, and made a difference, really, as he drove Chelsea forward? I thought he was terrific. And uh, it was interesting that the um, the American coach, Greg Berhalter, was, was there last night. I think he was there partly to talk to Serginio Des, who is this sort of terrific young right-back. 18-year-old right back that Ajax have got, who's played a couple of times for the senior American team, but is also eligible for the Dutch national team. So there's a fairly um, significant tug of war going on there. So maybe Greg was over just to sort of talk to him and see if he can woo him back to the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of... Um, yeah, I mean, Ajax were sort of like... So what was your question again? It's a really good question. <laughs> I, was, I was asking about just the, the influence of Christian Pulisic when he came on sort oh, of yeah, driving yeah, Chelsea forward. Yes, I was, yeah, I was, on the, I was on the right continent. You were. Um, yeah, I mean, Pulisic, I mean, there's been a lot of debate about him and focus on him. And, and it was interesting what Lampard said after this. He said, well, listen, I just sort of blur out all the noise um, around Pulisic, not being critical of Pulisic, but just in the, in the sort of... You know, Frank doesn't get carried away by sort of headlines and what someone's supposed to have said. He just goes with his own eyes, sees what he sees on the training ground, which is Pulisic training hard, and bringing him on at the right time. I mean, you know, we were talking earlier about sort of Lampard maturing as a manager. I mean, his substitutions were brilliant. You know, Pulisic changed the game when he came on because he kept running at the defence. He was, he was terrific. And then he created the goal for, for, for Batch White. So, yeah, I think he's, I think it's a testament to Pulisic's character. He's still very young. Um, he's still sort of coming to terms with the sort of the pace of English football, relocating to, to a new, new country, obviously speaks the language. Um, but, you know, this is a tough kid. This is a kid who left home in the States at, at, at 16, who, who, who does work hard. So I don't think people close to him, um, I was talking to some of the Americans yesterday, I don't think they were completely surprised, but they're, they're obviously delighted that he's... You know he's shown he can he you know, he can handle this uh, this level and fit into this Chelsea team. Huge positive as well, getting a, a clean sheet for Chelsea. I mean yeah. that's been a huge kind of fear throughout the season and a, and a, an issue for the team. And uh, Tomori and Zuma, have, that pairing, there's only been two goals conceded in the last four games now. Um, and it's really hard to pick who the who the kind of best central pairing is going to be. Rudiger still to come back and and Christensen as well. So. Um, those two have really stepped in when, when needed and, and were really impressive, I thought. Henry, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate okay, spending the time. Pleasure. 
Thank you. Take care, guys. Tottenham kicked off the build-up to a mouth-watering Premier League clash with Liverpool on Sunday in some style. A 5-0 win at home to Red Star Belgrade saw Maurizio Pochettino's side return to form just in time, perhaps to try and be the first side to beat Liverpool in the Premier League this season. Well, after Tuesday's game, Pochettino was asked whether his side were back to their best. Not really. In the way that I like, no. Not yet. It's going to arrive for sure if we keep going, working. But of course, in some period, of course, the energy... We show great energy, I think, and then I think help us to score uh, two goal uh, in 15 minutes. I think gave the the confidence, and of course um, our fans were fantastic because the atmosphere was great. Um, thank you so much to our fans; they were great, and then help us to you know to to to, to build that atmosphere that you need always to after to performance uh, in your best way. So. Pochettino thinks there's plenty of work to be done still. But, James, you were at this game. After that performance, do you think Spurs fans will have slept a lot better this week? Yeah, I think Spurs fans and, and Spurs players and probably the Spurs manager as well, um, they just they just needed that. They needed a performance like that, didn't they? They needed a, a, a just a really convincing performance. And I think also, something I touched on in my match report, you know, they needed to have fun. This is a team that, for me, over the past few seasons watching Tottenham, you really get a sense that when this team's playing well, that they, you know, this is a team that plays with real kind of enjoyment, you know, a real sense of, of fun. And that is obviously massively, you know, a sense of kind of joy. And that's obviously massively been lost. Um, and that's why I think it's so, it's so important from a psychological point of view, this victory and, and this Champions League campaign because they're not going to get that joy out of their Premier League campaign. The Premier League this season for them now, from where they are, is going to be a slog. Given the way they've started, it's going to be a long, hard slog to get back up into those top four places. The Champions League, so that's why the Champions League is so important because, you know, they can, you know, they, they can get that kind of, that's where they're going to get that joy back if, if indeed they are. Um, and yeah, look, they they, they played really well. Um, a couple of the players whose status is sort of a bit uncertain and, and um, who are out of contract at the end of the season, out of our out, who I think has actually been in quite poor form, and, and Christian Eriksen were left out. And so you had a team that sort of looked slightly more like a sort of viable Tottenham of the future, which I think was important. Um Son was back and I thought he and Kane were outstanding and I also thought uh, Tongi and Dombele had an excellent game and, and really offered glimpses of not only what he can bring sort of in front of the back four but also that, that passing range that he has, um, that real, you know, um, yeah, the, 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 the real ability to, to pick a, a, a pass into the final third um, and he obviously ended up with, with two assists so... Yeah, really good night for Tottenham. And was it as one-sided as the scoreline suggests? Yes, it really was. I, I thought, well, well, mm, I mean, <laughs> I thought Red Star were really, really bad. Um, just a, a really poor performance, which surprised me because they'd beaten Olympiacos in the last round of fixtures. So I thought they'd be a bit better, but defensively they were just so bad so bad and just just was sort of really you know powerless to stop spurs um conceding sorry to stop spurs kind of you know getting shots off and and 
there was like there was a period sort of in the middle of the first half where I thought after they scored the first two goals where I thought Spurs slightly lost control of it a little bit and Marco Marin the former Chelsea player started to exert a little bit of an influence but yeah I, overall I would say yeah this was this was a really one-sided performance um and I do think you know Spurs are you know for all their travails and troubles Spurs are are comfortably better than Olympiacos and, and Red Star and they really should qualify as the second place team in this group. Well Harry Kane of course netted twice on Tuesday. He's looking fit, strong, influential at the moment as well even with Spurs on on the sort of awful run that they have been going through Gregor. Do you think he's the best number 9 in the world at the moment? He he'd be in the conversation definitely. He's the thing is, he's not necessarily just a number nine. You know, mm. he's an all he's an all rounder. He can yeah. drop in. He can be a number ten as well. And he demonstrated, you know, the full sort of repertoire of his of his talent and skills in that in that game. Um, a few sublime passes, uh, and he's always got that that killer killer instinct in front of goal. So, I mean, Tottenham need him firing at the moment as well to kind of. As much as they started well, they've started other games in positive fashion, but taking the lead in and then going a couple of goals up early doors, that just kind of relaxes everyone, gives people confidence. And and it was, I agree with James, they, they did look kind of reinvigorated and it's only one game and it was against a sort of lesser opponent, but uh, it will definitely boost confidence. And and great to have Lamella firing in all cylinders as well. If, if Ericsson is going to be a kind of issue through the season they need him they'll need uh, Lo Celso as well when he's going to fully fit um, and they'll need Ali and mm. firing on all cylinders as well so positive night definitely for Spurs James where do you stand on the debate on Harry Kane is he a traditional number nine or is there more to his game I think Kane for me has really changed as a player in terms of the type of striker he is over particularly over the past sort of I guess sort of 18 months to two years he had that when he had that injury before before the World Cup and I think since then, he he used to be someone who would take a, a very high number of shots in a game, and and that side of his game has kind of, you know, he's someone who's who's shooting less often, um, and I think because of that, you know, his productivity dipped a little bit last season. You know, he didn't have another one of those thirty goal seasons, and and for that reason, maybe you could argue he's not he doesn't quite belong in the top bracket of goal getters with the likes of Lewandowski anymore. But as Gregor alluded to, his all-round game has really developed, and he's he's got you know he's got those other strings to his bow. That that little thing that he does, where he sort of makes that run where he drops in between the lines and he receives the ball, and he sort of sprays that pass around the corner. So effective. I mean, you know, he, he does it. He we see him do it all the time, but he's so good at doing that, and he's he's actually a. I think he's technically a really good passer of the ball. He has a lovely passing range, and he's still he's still a great player. I think even though he's maybe not, I don't know, we'll see him have another one of those 30-goal seasons, but he offers a massive, massive amount to this Tottenham team and, and also, obviously, to, to England as well. I'm not sure. I think we will still see him really? hitting those figures. Yeah, I think the intelligence and the variety of his finishes, you know, there was a little flicked header, nice movement, and that, that one from an acute angle where he kind of almost threw the defender's leg into the far corner. He's, you know, every every type of finish he has got in the locker, really, and... um. I think he, you know, he could break all sorts of records. Well, that brings us nicely on to the weekend's action then. It all wraps up with three 4.30 games on Sunday, which include Tottenham's trip to Liverpool. 
as we just mentioned, the 5-0 win was great preparation for arguably Maurizio Pochettino's toughest test yet this season. So, with all that in mind of what's happened this week, could Liverpool's unbeaten run in the league come to an end this weekend, James? I think it could. I, I don't. I don't think it's it's likely necessarily. But but obviously, what you know, what Tottenham have, and it's so simplistic to say it, but they have so much talent, and that's what you were reminded of playing against Red Star. You know, these players are great. Um, you know, for whatever reason, there have been sort of you know dips in form, and obviously some of them. You know, there are sort of questions about where their head might be. But you know, Harry Kane, Hungmin Son. You know, these are outstanding players. Um, I did think Liverpool looked a little bit shaky against Manchester United. Definitely not their most convincing performance. It will be interesting to see how Tottenham play because I think what Manchester United did by sort of playing quite defensively um, and sort of denying Liverpool that space, I don't think Liverpool dealt with that well, but I don't know. It will be hard. It'd be interesting to see how Tottenham play and whether it be a more open game than mm. than that one was. Yeah, that was what I was going to. With you talking the way you were, can you actually expect Tottenham to go to Anfield and, and play a more defensive game? Yeah, I think I think they will. I think you know Pochettino often has done that in the past, and um, I think you know denying Liverpool the front the the front three some space as much as they possibly can anyway is going to be key for them. Um, from Liverpool's point of view, I think, you know, it's interesting. You just look at the options they have in midfield now. All of a sudden it was, you know, in the past, it was this is just the engine room. But mm. now there seems to be, just just because of the last couple of games, there seems to be a a sort of more a bit more of a focal point on having some form of creativity from there, um, which players like Henderson don't necessarily uh, provide. Um, obviously, Ox- Oxlade-Chamberlain had a really positive night. Um and Naby Keita back to fitness had a good cameo at Old Trafford. So, and Adam th- Lallana as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So they've got options there now, and I think I think it might happen. And the the longer the season progresses, that might become more and more important as teams sort of try and deny the front three space. And 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 from that point, you need you need creative players around the edge of the box able to work those little opportunities that from which the goal came at Old Trafford. I think there are so many interesting calls for Pochettino to make because I think the 4-2-3-1 I think worked really well against Red Star but does he go you know does he go back to a to a three-man midfield potentially does he bring does he bring Harry Winks back in does he keep Lamella in the starting lineup who I thought played really well against Red Star does Alderweire come back in you know you'd say that Alderweire and Vertonghen is, is obviously at its best is clearly the strongest defensive partnership but I think Alderweire has been really out of form and, and obviously they, they may want to you know, Pochettino may just want to move on from him, just more from a kind of, you know, a sort of mood standpoint more than anything else. It'll be really interesting to see what what team he goes with because I don't I don't think he's quite settled yet on this season on on what his strongest team is. Do you think any team will take sort of inspiration from the way Manchester United set up against them at Old Trafford? I mean, yeah, to, to an extent, I think. It kind of worked what Manchester United mm. did, didn't it? I mean, it to an stifled e- them, didn't it? To an extent, I, I think Manchester United this season playing very, very counter-attacking style, and they kept the game very tight, and it basically worked until, of course, you make one mistake, and obviously, you you know, they considered that back post tap into Lalana, and that's that's the danger of sort of you know of trying to play that way. I, I don't know, and, and obviously the other thing that was interesting is is that. Manchester United played with that three-five-two system against Liverpool, and that kind of caused them a few uh, a few issues because 
you had the um, wing backs who I thought pushed up quite successfully in the first half and, and, and slightly nullified Robertson and, and Alexander Arnold. Just quickly touching on what you said about the, the creativity and the, the creative options Liverpool could have going forward with those players that you mentioned coming back into the reckoning, Oxlade-Chamberlain, uh, Lalana, and, and Cater, but in particular on Oxlade-Chamberlain and Lalana. But it was a, a great performance from Oxlade-Chamberlain against Genk. Do you think we will see him in a Gareth Southgate England squad anytime soon? And is he the, is he the answer to some of the, the problems England have had in midfield, Gregor? I think we will definitely see him in the England squad because, you know, Gareth, Gareth Southgate's already shown his sort of desire really to have him and he was perhaps fortunate to be in, in the England squad earlier in the season. Mm. Um, so Oxlade-Chamberlain at full full strength and, and playing at his best is a really positive addition to any team because he's a very modern midfielder in that in that in that position and and they can drive forward with the ball at his feet. He can arrive late in the box. He can score from outside the box. Um, and he's got a kind of creative instinct as well. So I think um, he would he would definitely figure in, in Gareth Southgate's thinking. And of course, first of all, he has to tie down a place in Liverpool's team. And he, it was interesting to hear Jurgen Klopp kind of temper the people's praise about about obviously having having had a. a a good good night on front of goal, but saying that his performance was a little bit like the the rest of the teams. There was some really good moments, but still a lot to work on. I think he sort of he wasn't entirely pleased with the display. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, Sheffield United picked up a stunning win over Arsenal to move into the top half of the Premier League table on Monday. Lees Mousset marked his first start for the Blades with the decisive goal in the 1-0 win as Arsenal missed out on moving up to third. Now, Arsenal's £72 million signing Nicolas Pepe had earlier skewed a, a golden chance wide from six yards and fans have started to vent. 
have started to show their frustration towards the record signing. Gregor, have you seen any positives from Pepe? A few. Mm. <laughs> he, um, undoubtedly a talented player, really, really quick, got good feet. He just, I don't know, it was interesting to hear Evra, uh, Patrice Evra in the, in the Sky Sports studio just saying, this is a big move from France to, to the Premier League. It kind of, the speed of the game, the physicality of it, um, you've got to give him some, you've got to show some patience with him, I think. Um, so there's some, I think there's truth in that. Um, but and and there is glimpses, you know. There was there was one moment where he he kind of fashioned the yard for himself, cut inside and and whipped a mm. a shot just wide of the post. You know, he's just not quite kind of calibrated himself. Well, this is, I didn't think it was the worst performance I've ever seen from him. He tried, you know, he, there was a lot of endeavour, shall we yeah. say, but it didn't really ever come to anything. No, I mean he's undoubtedly got potential, and and look, I think there's plenty of other players that you could pick out. I know he's a huge sign, seventy-two yeah. two million pounds. But Arsenal, he's playing in a team as well that really, I don't know, there's there's been moments where you you think there's progress and then the majority of the time you think there's there's not and it's kind of, what's their identity really? There's not, I think that was, that was the thing that was most sort of chastening for, for Arsenal fans was that they went to Sheffield United who'd just come, come up from the Championship with a 52-year-old who was managing Northampton Town five years ago at the bottom of the league to as manager, and he looked like he comprehensively outthought mm. Arsenal and their manager and the way he set the team out. Um, and I, I don't think that's the first time we've seen that this season either. I just don't. I think he's not really able to to change games when when they're when things aren't going going right for them. He's not able to throw someone on I mean Lacazette came on and, and yeah he should be starting if he's fit obviously but he's not really been able to affect games I don't think Emery so there are a lot of things for Arsenal fans to be um, concerned about um, and I th- you know Pepe it's early days for him he's he's not at the top of the list I think a lot of Arsenal fans were quite frustrated with the lineup that he uh, announced before the game. You've mentioned Akazet was on the bench, for example. Uh, Torreira, a lot of Arsenal fans rate him. And obviously Kieran Tierney is on the bench as well. Uh, it was a Klasenak that started at left-back for this game. Um, just just tell us, Gregor, if you're on the bench, does that mean you are fit enough to play, to start? Yes and no. I mean, yes, in that if Kolasnach was injured, say, or there was no one else, I'm sure he would start. And you, you just never know in, entirely what's what's going on in the, in the background and whether he's maybe felt some small niggle or injury that often happens when you're returning from a long-term mm. injury, something else, or the body can throw up something else, imbalances. And so you just never know. I, I'm sure they will be desperate to get Tierney in as soon as possible, especially after... After seeing his debut in the Europa League, he was he was outstanding, mm-hmm. and the sort of attacking threat he, he offers down the left flank, and uh, Arsenal really could have done with him. So I'm sure we will see him very soon. So there is potential in this Arsenal side, James. Have Arsenal shown any improvement this season? No, I don't think so. Not really? this season. Um, no, I, I, I mean, I no, I don't think Arsenal are a better side than they are. They were. worse. Uh, maybe <laughs> I, I do. I do think genuinely there are there is there is real cause for concern at, at Arsenal. This is a team that is currently after nine games is 18th in the Premier League for shots faced. 
I think only Aston Villa and Norwich have conceded more shots. Uh, this is a team that is so easy to play through. This is uh, and and as as Gregor said that there's there's also I'm so confused about the identity of this team. Emery says that he wants to be adaptable, and that's that's fine. And we've actually seen that Emery can be a very very good in game manager. He makes good substitutions. You know, we've sort of seen one off games where he comes up with a very good tactical plan, like the sort of the London derby win against um, Tottenham last season. But you've got a modern football team. Mourinho was making this point on Sky Sports a few weeks ago. A modern football team has got to have, you've got the tactical system is one thing, but you also have to have principles that kind of underlie, you know, the way that you want to play week in, week out. And I I don't know what Arsenal's are. Mm. Um, and, you know, I could there is, I could go on. There are so many, I, I just, you know, look, I, I don't understand... Also, I don't understand why they sold Alex Awobi, who, you know, last season was, you know, one of, the, uh, you know, on, on Arsenal's team ranked, I think, top for, you know, either top or second for chances created um, and expected assists. I, you know, I, Alex Awobi had a really good season. I don't understand. He's a good young player. Mm. I don't know. I mean, for me, um, they remain an enigma to me and I, I, I still am unsure you know, what what, what kind of team Unai Emery is, is trying to construct. You say it's a cause for concern then. Is there a worry for Unai Emery? Could he last the season? For his job? Yeah. I think he will last the season, yeah. And I do, you know, I think, you know, I think they will move up the table just, be, you know, purely on the kind of sheer weight of attacking talent that they have, which is really considerable. But long term, I, I don't, I don't see much progress under Emery I have to say I'm not convinced that they're you know a much better team than they were in Arsene Wenger's last season when you have someone like Jose Mourinho Gregor waiting for that next move should Unai Emery be worried absolutely not no (laughs) (laughs) I think no (laughs) very succinct can't even say it that's producer Joe's question (laughs) does that does that answer it right it's time to dip into the EFL now. And, and Gregor, you've written a great piece for Thursday's Times. If you have the chance, read it online when you can. But tell us a little bit about it, if you wouldn't mind, because you've been doing some digging and um, found some managers ready to follow in Chris Wilder's footsteps after Sheffield United's great start to life in the Premier League. Yeah, just thought after that performance against Arsenal Monday night, there was huge praise uh, flowing towards Chris Wilder. Um and perhaps even just a little bit of surprise that this guy produced could produce was as tactically intelligent and you could see his work firmly imprinted on mm. that team to quite such an extent and which as I said earlier absolutely put Unai Emery's work in the shade. You know, I, as I've mentioned on one or two occasions, <laughs> I've played for Chris Wilder and uh, he's always been he's always been the team has always had his identity. It's always yeah. been an image of him on the pitch. Um so he's he's done the same work in League Two as he is doing now. Um which just kind of got me thinking what other managers given an opportunity and a fair wind could perhaps follow in his footsteps. I'd say the first has to be Lee Boyer at Charlton. Mm. Um I think there's a case for him being sort of the most underrated manager in the country, really, because in his first full season last season at Charlton he won promotion from League One via the playoffs, um, and he's got the smallest budget in the Championship this season. And 
I think they're a couple of points outside the playoffs as we speak. So um, done a remarkable job, and all against a back a backdrop of you know huge unrest with the supporters because of their owner uh, Roland de Chatelet. Um So I think he's someone, and he's also got an ident- a kind of connection with that club, much yes. like not quite to the same extent as Wilder, but he started his career there. Yeah, Johnny Jackson, his assistant, played more than two hundred fifty games for the club, and. Somehow he sort of re- re- reunited the the fan base and sort of brought a connection back to that to that club that was missing for the last five or six years. And that, as you say, is despite all the ongoing issues with the owner. And and I quite like. The, forgive me if I'm wrong on this, but I love the, the the story that suggested that kind of management fell. He fell into management because he was kind of done with football and was happy to just go fishing. So everybody yeah. says, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, he retired and uh, had a fishing lake in the south of France, and then. <laughs> I think he joined, hooked up with Harry Kewell at Watford. Hooked in, uh, up, I like your partner. <laughs> in, uh, yeah, Watford's youth team, I think it was, and then helped out Carl Robinson at Charlton as he's kind of number two. Carl mm. Robinson left, and he got the job, and he's kind of, now he loves it. So yeah. he's somebody definitely who I think uh, has got great potential. And then looking, looking elsewhere, there are people who I think I've just been unfortunate, slightly unfortunate with the, the jobs I've had. I think Mark Robbins at Coventry City has done great work at every club he's been at. Rotherham United, who were in administration, or would have would have won promotion from League Two with them. That's where he started. Uh, Barnsley, Huddersfield, he was given pretty thankless tasks to keep them in the Championship with hardly any money. Did so. Um, uh, Scunthorpe United and Coventry got Coventry's first promotion in 51 years. Uh, a couple of years ago, and won the EFL Trophy, 40,000 fans at Wembley. And he's someone actually who I've played for as well, briefly, at Rotherham. I get around, There's you know, that's why they here. call me the journeyman. Mm. So, <laughs> so, and he's he's not dissimilar to Wilder in that he's got a kind of ruthless, steely side to him. He's a good coach and he surrounds himself with, with good coaches and good people as well. So I think he's someone, even though he's he'll be 50 in December, he's got a really good chance as well. And I go on to mention one or two others in the piece, so if you'd like to hear about them, give them a read. Well, that is it for now. Many thanks to our guests today, James Gearbrandt and Henry Winter. Remember, you can subscribe to The Times and The Sunday Times to enjoy award-winning journalism online on your smartphone or tablet. It is just a pound a week for an eight-week trial. Search The Times subscription for more information. Have a good weekend and we'll be back on Monday. The game is brought to you by The Times. For more information and more podcasts from The Times, head to thetimes.co.uk. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.